Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SCADcast. I'm Matt Nickley, and I thank you for joining us. Unless you knew about a hidden post-credit scene, I doubt very much you stayed for the credits reel at the last movie you watched. The crawl of names is typically our cue to leave the theater or to stream something new, but just a glimpse at the army of names as they march triumphantly up the screen reveals the array of skilled technicians, craftspeople, artists, and laborers who make the entertainment we flock to see possible. On this episode of On Creativity, SCAD president Paula Wallace brings the credits reel to life by joining two leading names in animation, actor Lucas Grabeel and head of FX for DreamWorks Animation, Jason Mayer. Lucas Grabeel began his career as a Disney Channel sweetheart in Halloween Town and the international sensation High School Musical. But for a sizable portion of Grabeel's resume, he never stepped in front of a camera or donned a costume for that matter. He has forged an exciting career as a voiceover actor, starting with his first roles on Family Guy and continuing to his Netflix animated series, Pinky Malinky. Seated beside Gray Beal is SCAD alumnus Jason Mayer. Since graduating with his MFA in computer art in 2005, Mayer has been dedicated to the FX field of filmmaking and is now leading teams of artists at DreamWorks Animation where they construct moments of absolute wonder. His credits include How to Train Your Dragon, The Crudes, and The Boss Baby. The two sat with Paula Wallace in Atlanta during the third annual SCAD Animation Fest. Let's get you over to their conversation now. From SCADcast, this is On Creativity, a conversation between Paula Wallace, Jason Mayer, and Lucas Grabeel. And Jason, it's so great to have you here at SCAD Animation Fest. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks and you come us. from two different worlds, but yeah, it all works together so beautifully um, on screen when we see these beautiful creations. And I know everything has to start with a script. So like, it would be interesting to hear like how you each approach your work like starting with a script. Sure. Yeah, basically, uh, for me, it's all about character. A lot of times in um, conjunction with the script, there's there's a drawing already because the work has already been done and I can see what the character is going to look like. Um, and so I start with just kind of looking at it, visualizing, giving a story in my head of, of his attitude or, you know, um, what kind of voice he's going to have. And then I take that voice and I go through the different emotions that um, he might have in the um, in the whole show might be with words that the script has provided might be a little you know just me just riffing and then once i kind of figure out you know i have them in my bones then i you know go over the lines and and then you know then it becomes a collaboration with the voice director and the, you know whoever has created the the project and we fine-tune and tweak and then we work out the voice and go from there how many people are usually there when you're actually recording um it depends um there's always a technician. There's always a voice director. Um, if the voice director is the creator, sometimes that happens. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, that'll be one person. Sometimes it'll be three. And, uh, yeah, occasionally we'll have a network person come in and sit in on, a, on an episode or whatever. And so, yeah, anywhere from three to ten people. It's pretty intimate. Yeah, yeah, very intimate. Mm -hmm. And it feels great. It's like, it's definitely a collaboration 
but yet it kind of feels a little strange because I'm in this box and <laughs> they're all out there. And I'll do a take and record and be like, ha ha ha, yeah. And then, then it'll just be silent and I'll hear them be like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is that bad? Like, do I need to do something better? I can do it, I can do it again, I can do it again. So, you know, it's, uh, once you get over that, uh, you know, and you trust the people that you're working with, it's, it's great. And you have to have a vivid imagination. Well, yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Um, creating the space in your head of what that scene might look like or what your character is going to do, how far away the, the other character that you're talking to is, and visually, in, well, not visually, but, you know, in your head, kind of mm -hmm. create all of that stuff and then use your voice to make it real. It's powerful, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be able to, just with the voice wouldn't be anything without the animation, which is All right, well, let's hear. Uh, How nice do you say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I get a completely different perspective on a script. Uh, first off, it's only when you're very early on into a production, especially because in an animated feature, you kind of separate from, you have front-end departments, which are typically like your editorial and your layout that are, and your storyboard, of course, uh, and your story department. And then you have your back kind of end departments, which are like, that are more focused on the look of the actual picture, like your lighting departments and what I'm in, which is effects, animation, um, and and the look of everything. So the front end departments, I think it's very regular for them to get the script and especially the story. You know, they'll, they'll pick it up and they they draw their frames and they get their storyboard artists. Uh, and if you're on a show early enough, then you get to you will get an access to the script even on the back end. And so my job is basically to read the script and kind of translate what someone wrote to dollar signs of how expensive I think that a group of people it's wow. gonna because it's like oh my gosh you just wrote that you know that person's dancing in marshmallow and they're a furry character and like from a technical standpoint it's just like okay so week 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 you know like yeah. you kind of keep this running total of what we call bids of where we determine how kind of expensive and every department will do that throughout the production and then we'll kind of, over the course of a movie, we'll shore that up uh, whenever they start drawing it. So they'll start drawing it, like they'll take the words, they turn it to drawing, so maybe they'll change it a little bit. And sometimes they'll take input from us if it's prohibitively expensive, like you can't have an entire movie of that, you know, like you, you, you kind of want creatures dancing on marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. Liquid marshmallows. Liquid yeah. marshmallows. Yeah. Hard marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, opposed to uh, Lucas, you have like, a team of people, I mean, yes. tons of people. So that's what I'm representing, is a team of people who will eventually do the work, mm -hmm. uh, and that will come much, much later. So after they draw it, then they take the drawings and then they put it into like a physical, like an actual 3D space, of where they, that's when they kind of, that's when the, the shooting starts to happen. So the, the storyboard artist will define like your camera angles and your staging, and then the layout artists will come in, and they're more like almost a DP type role where they're like, okay, now the action, we have a set and they're going to move through it and the camera's going to do this. Pan over. And so yeah, right. and then every, and then as that process goes through, we get recordings of the actors who are in your little isolation booths. <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of, they, they lay those in, you know, and at first they lay them in a scratch if they don't have the actor, just right. because you have to time all these scenes out. Yes, of course, it's so, per perfect and, timing. And then every time though, an iteration, so it goes from script to storyboard to layout, like we have to reevaluate that every time because each subsequent step is more complicated. Like 
they're adding more details that you didn't have before because at first you just have like a couple script lines and then you have a picture and now you have a moving series of pictures that are actually taking place in an environment and it's like hey wait a minute they just ran through a river there like that wasn't in script though. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and then you got to kind of flag that and then you know it's it's always a nice thing to like nothing nothing is impossible but nothing is free <laughs> so you kind of kind of got to always track that like you never want to say you can't do something but yeah. you always associate a cost. It's incredible how many steps has to go, like, and how many people and how much time goes into animation. It's, it's just, when you see the finished product, it's like, whoa, that's thousands of people sometimes worth of work um, to get it. To and get very, it to very point. talented, hardworking people mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in there is a specialist in some, specialist, some yeah, form specialist. of, you know, like whether they're experts on the fur or whether they're experts on, you know, like fire or whether they're experts on, you know, setting Shadow. up the lighting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shadow. You know, like every single person brings their own little bit of, and it's it's about trying to control all that and keep it moving forward. Yeah. So Lucas, one of your first voice roles was Family Guy. Mm -hmm. So what was it about that experience that enticed you into voice acting? I've always- You've done so many things. Well, I, I've always wanted, even when I was a little kid, I was always making, you know, sound effects and, and silly voices. And so I've always wanted to do it. But getting the job on Family Guy was like a dream come true. I mean, I was a huge fan of the show already. And just going there, being there, being a part of the team and whatever, I, I didn't think that if I would have known that, you know, 10 years later, I'd still be doing it, I would, I was, I mean, I would have exploded probably. <laughs> so it's just, it's been great. And um, they're such... Alongside of it being so iconic and su such like a, a great uh, show that so many people know, the team there, like you, you show up and you understand why. Everyone mm -hmm. is at the top of their game. Everyone's super professional and so funny. I mean, I <laughs> I leave their lap. I've had to do redo take so many times because I'm just <laughs> laughing at how funny the script is. I'm like, really, guys, you're getting away with this? You can say this on television. <laughs> And so it's um, it's so fun and it's so great to be a part of it. So I remember I was bartending when that show first aired in undergraduate school. Aww. And I remember it was like, I think after a Super Bowl and I watched it and oh my gosh, that's all we did the next day was just talk about how funny that show yeah. was. And you know, I've, I've been lucky. Like I remember when they canceled the, after the second season and then Seth MacFarlane did kind of this tour of, I don't know what's going on. And right. he was like, I, he was at the shrine in LA and he was talking to like uh, this group of, there's probably like 30 people in a room. It was like this weird, like almost like a hotel convention center. And he was just like signing DVDs and he was just kind of like, you know, answering questions. And there's this kid who was like 12 who got up and he started like an episode, you know, and he's just like this. And he's just like, kid, you are way too young to be watching my show. Your parents are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, like almost immediately after that, you know, it got picked back up. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it was just well, gangbusters. Do, do what you need to do yeah. for that. I mean, yeah. Go on a tour. I think my favorite character that I've played, well, because I, I, I always play different characters. but mm -hmm. um, Yeah, and so many different ones, even in one show. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. um, which is great. Um, a lot of the flashbacks that are just like, you know, two second scenes or whatever, I do a lot of those. I also played um, Meg's 
like normal boyfriend. The the <laughs> shtick of the of Meg is that everyone hates her and she always she can never get any guy to like her. And so one episode he actually she actually has a normal, just good looking mm-hmm. boyfriend. And Lois, of course, like is jealous of her daughter having a normal boyfriend. So he, she makes out with him. And um, this was like my favorite day ever on on any voiceover work. I, I had already recorded it. It was like six months had passed. And they're like, we need you to come in just a little ADR. Seth MacFarlane's there, which he's not normally there. And he's like, hello, Lucas. Uh, we just need you to do some uh, kissing sounds. And I was like... Oh, okay. I was like, how long, how long do you want? He's like, I don't know, 12 seconds. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can't take any more of that. All right. Thanks, Lucas. That was my job for the entire day. 15 seconds of kissing sounds um, with Seth MacFarlane. It was, it was just crazy. It's like, I can't believe I just got... Autobiography title right there. I can't believe I just got paid for that. Well, you charmed our students with a lot of your voices today. You. Like, could you treat us to just a few? And I love the way you aged your voice, too. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can uh, go low, and then you just start going a little higher, and then, you know, my normal voice is something that I use quite often. And then I just kind of age it up a little bit if I'm going to be younger. And then, you know, it just keeps getting a little younger. And then if I'm maybe a girl, I might have, like, a little softness to the voice and then I keep going and I'm like a baby. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like you're a wizard. <laughs> you are a wizard. It's like you just see your mouth moving, just all those different uh, What about sound effects? So wow. do you do some of your own sound effects? Yeah, I do uh, my one of my favorites that I've done. All guys do, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I do an alarm that I like. Um What about fight scenes? Fight scenes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times have I gone, oh, uh, uh, oh, uh. there's a lot of efforts. There's a lot of like, okay, um, you're picking up a pencil or you're picking up a chair or you're picking up a piano. You know, I can see of, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I actually, when I, when I am in the studio, I'm like, I, I usually sit down, which is weird, but I don't know. I you just, do? So you said, so I, I always thought you would stand. You know, I, sometimes I do, but um, if it's like really intense, I'll stand up. But most of the time I'm just like, because it, it makes me focus more on just the voice. Really? But my hands are moving constantly. I'm mm-hmm. always doing like, stop, come back, look at that, you know, or whatever um, in the scene. But making sure that you have to keep the same distance with the microphone all the time, too. So it's oh. just like a lot of this moving around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to see a film of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting because that's what Willie end up seeing is those lipstick cams. Oh. Like they typically oh. film that for the animators. Oh, crazy! And then they'll show. Well, the anim- the character animators will get access to that for sure. Every movie, they get that. But occasionally, they'll put together like an outtakes reel, and then they'll show it as kind of a, hey, look how fun we are, you know, kind of. <laughs> and, and it's more of a moral, like you know, if there's any kind of like, hey, you know, morale's kind of, you know, we've been working on the same thing, we haven't kind mm-hmm. of ironed it out. It Let's might have a be show. Like- 
five years, right? It's a long time. It's a long time? Yes. How long would you work on, like a feature animated film? Well, it depends on the role that you're in. Uh, the show from inception could be five to eight years easily. Mm -hmm. uh, from when the core, like, director and writers get assigned, you know, like, are working on it, it could be that long. But typically, I would say about four years is when years. the meat of, like, the production is on it. But... Mm -hmm. The part that we're mainly responsible for, like when I talked about the back, the back end side of things, is usually less than a year these days. Mm. So, oh, really? So, wow. okay. like all, like, so what you might have is you might have a small team that works on it a little mm -hmm. bit, and then you kind of ramp into a larger, like, okay, it's time to throw all the people, like, let's all get on it. And so that's why it's really important that you have things planned out and you have like work then to divvy out and you're like, okay, well, you're doing this and you're doing this and you have this shot and you're doing this. Yeah. And you work that out in advance because that group of people then, they finish up, you know, at the end of the movie, we deliver it. It takes about two or three months to go through the post-production like when they finish the score and like mm. do all the technical checking of all the frames and all that mm. stuff and like color correct it. And then it'll come out, you know, a couple months later. But by then, that whole big crew will have rolled on because we have mm -hmm. like three or four features in production mm -hmm. uh, at any given time. So head of FX at DreamWorks, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but you know, your professors at SCAD predicted your success. They oh, said yeah. you will go on to do great things. And you were always very well organized and you always had so much talent and ability. Um, but tell me about your life now and what, what does this mean? Like... You like to destroy things. Yes, I, I do a lot not of destruction. Real, not for real. Yeah, not for real. So I mean, that's essentially what effects. Effects is like if you think of special special effects in a movie. So anything that would have been shot practically, fire or you know water tanks or anything like or buildings being destroyed, um, effects will handle that. And then also they do like the weird stuff you can't define, like magic and uh, anything. Love magic. Kind of hard. You know, like another department's like, that doesn't really fit. Like, that's not a character. <laughs> it's not talking, but it's moving around. Like, it's a flock of birds, you know? And then, then it might be crowds or it might be us. If, you know, for instance, there's a scene in Crudes where it's like, okay, we have these red evil birds and they want to eat this walking whale, which, you know, happens. <laughs> and they're like, but it'd be really funny if they turned into a tornado and like buzzsawed it like really cartoon. And so it was like, okay, let's just check that over to effects and uh, we'll see what Wow. We yeah, wow. and then they're like, Okay, so can you make a sound of a bunch of angry red birds <laughs> running around a walking whale? Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. No, exactly. Not angry enough. Okay. Right. You know, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> well, Jason could draw it for you. Right. Then I have yeah, a yeah. reference and yeah. Yeah. So how many SCAD students have you hired? That's what I want to know. I run into people a lot yeah. that have, have spent time at SCAD. We've had multiple people in our department. Uh, we recently just hired someone like last week. So it's okay. uh, who was a recent So what, Im what impressed you about that person, for instance? Uh, drive. I mean, just the drive is amazing. Like, he would go out and look at uh, other people's animation online. And he's like, oh, that's beautiful character animation. I could do a building falling down behind it. And, you know, I, you know like he would add, insert his yeah, own, insert, and he would contact yeah. that person and was like, hey, is it okay if I do this? And they're like, yeah, here's our, here's my raw files. And then together, it's almost like a production type environment mm -hmm. where then together, the, like the, the sum of, you know, the whole is better than the sum of the parts, you know? Like, mm -hmm. So you already, so you collaborate. And that's kind of what you do, or you hope you do when you're here, is you team yes. up 
like mm -hmm. with these group projects. Mm -hmm. And so everyone doesn't have to be an expert in everything. Right. So it's like, hey, you're good at character animation, you're good at modeling, you're good at this, you know, all the aspects of the animation pipeline. And then I can pepper in my own little specialty. And then that also helps when you go to get a job because it shows that you can work with mm -hmm. people well. It mm -hmm. shows that you know how to collaborate. It mm -hmm. shows, you know, it shows that you know you can keep a schedule and a deadline and you know all those things that are really important. That's incredible. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. So your paths have actually intersected with the um, How to Train Your Dragon uh, franchise, although yes. we, I'm sure you didn't know each other working on it. Um, and you're both Midwesterners, hardworking Midwesterners. Oh, where are you from? Missouri. Oh, from Ohio. Oh, cool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about how to train your dragon? Has uh, has what do you, why do you think it's been so successful? What has led to its ongoing success? I mean, who doesn't like dragons? Yeah, everybody loves dragons. And the the possibility of writing one would is like what every boy would dream of, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, I, I also think, like, every time I watch it... a lot of heart, it, too, don't you think? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's got everything, is, mm -hmm. is what I was getting to, because it's beautiful to look at, mm -hmm. first of all. And the acting is really good, mm -hmm. if I say so myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good. Um, as you no, should, but, as, as one should. But the stories are, are great, and... Um, yeah, I mean it's it's funny, it's sincere, it's real, mm -hmm. but it's set in this like great, incredible world of dragons. Yeah, the world building on that is is amazing. I mean, I love it. the The production design is impeccable. The original, the the directors, I always wanted to work on it because, like you, I mean, I've been a huge. I have a seven foot dragon on my front porch. <laughs> From Halloween last year, for that, real? that my wife was like, "It's from only for Halloween, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then it became like the Christmas dragon and the New Year's dragon. And my kids decorated, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, whatever. It's behind some shrubs, no one can see it from the street. They just happen to walk up, and there's a giant dragon mannequin on the front porch. But uh, so I always, I want man, when that property came into DreamWorks, I was there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that so bad." And then another opportunity arose, and I was like, okay, I have to go do this uh, just for a career kind of like path. And I'm like, okay, but I really want to get back. And But I was. I was able to get back onto mm. the first Dragons. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chris Sanders and Dean Dubois directed that, and then Dean went on to direct and write the next two. And, oh, my gosh, it mm. was one of the best experiences, both as a team. They were rewriting the whole thing, like, really end. like So we mm. had less than a year to get the whole thing done. And it was just this kind of fast, there wasn't a lot of like, uh, maybe we could do it this way. Maybe mm -hmm. we could do it this way. Maybe mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, this is the way we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Let's do it this way. Have to make decisions we're sometimes. We're going we're gonna, to, Toothless is now this, like he used to be, like, because it's different from the books mm -hmm. uh, of what Toothless was as a dragon. Crazy. And uh, yeah, and they, the design of Toothless is amazing. I mean, they obviously had directed Lilo and Stitch before, which is I'm a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is so cool. So you're, you're working with... You're working with a talent as a, and a director and a writer that you really respect. And then the whole team underneath that, like, there's this really great feeling of, uh, it, like, I talk like everyone's an expert. Like, everyone's an expert in their little thing. And mm -hmm. when you can get on a show where mm -hmm. everyone above you recognizes the expertise of the person below them, and so they let that bubble up, like, that expertise bubbles all the way up, and the director's really cool with that, and they don't, like, try to, like, grab the reins and force it into a mm -hmm. direction. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just, it, it's like that kind of... It's a dream works job. 
No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. I, 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 just even going to the campus of DreamWorks, you get a different feeling of how everyone respects one another there. And, and there's a lot of uh, feeling of family and camaraderie that is just great. Mm. Um, I've just gone to a couple of the Dragons parties, you know, mm. there, and it's just like everyone's just so happy and I mean, obviously, it's a party, but, you know, I mean, like... <laughs> well, they have them very often, so yeah. it's like... <laughs> yeah, but even just talking to the people who work there, you know, it's like the the opportunities that you have on campus, it's just like, it's like its own little city. Yes. And it, It's almost like a little college campus. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like, you know... It, so, Lucas, I've spoken with some other actors about how they prepare. I'm just wondering how you prepare for your, like... Like, are you dreaming up these voices yeah. like in the car or yeah, in the I, shower? Yeah, I think a lot uh, anywhere that there's not other people around to annoy, I think is, um, <laughs> you know, I have a, I have a, a little studio um, in my house, and so I do a lot of, you know, figuring things out there with, on the microphone, listening to myself um, with the headphones. But yeah, I mean, when I'm going to the job, um, I've obviously you know, read the script, mm. know the story, got the character in my bones, and um, I do a vocal warm-up just like I would if I was singing uh, in the studio. So just to get ready and to be able to walk in and do the thing right away. And But also knowing that the second I get there, it could all change. Because mm. so many times, especially with Family Guy, I walk in and I think, oh, this guy is, he's got this kind of voice and it's definitely gonna be like that. And they're like, oh, actually, no, it's completely opposite of that. And you have to completely shift and change. And yeah, it's not so much pressure because you're just recording audio, so you can do take after take if, if you know, to get there. But I'm always so nervous that it's gonna be my last time they ask me to come. I'm like, I have to nail this. You so, still have that feeling after all these years? You know, I, I do. Um, and I think that keeps me, um, just on my toes and like, you know, I'm, I'm ready for anything, anytime mm-hmm. I walk in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. I think that nervous energy helps sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like going on stage mm-hmm. and if you get too comfortable, I don't know. I just, I think about that with anything. I mean, mm-hmm. as an artist, it's hard to know when the next thing is going to be mm-hmm. or how long you're going to work on this show or how many times they're going to call you back to do it. And mm-hmm. so you just have to give it your best every single time. Never, mm-hmm. never slack. Never slack. Yeah. No. I think that's part of conscientiousness. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Well, you respect the people you work with. So you bring, I mean, you expect you them bring to bring your best. It. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're raising the you know, high tide or low tide or rising tide rises all ships. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, in the animation world, I feel like we support each other like if i don't get a job and someone i know gets it there's no feeling of animosity or like jealousy or whatever because i know that the job is just is is still there the more we all can support each other we can work together collaborate and create more animation Mm -hmm. the more animation jobs will be the more animation people will watch and our business will continue going because I mean, I it's got booming. into it because it's booming. I know I love cartoons. I watch them <laughs> on my own. So like, I just, I want everyone to keep making it mm-hmm. so that we can keep working. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here at Animation Fest. So I have to ask, what's your favorite animation? Of all time? Ever. Ever? Oh. Yes. Feature? It's Nightmare Before Christmas. 
I really think they hit like just the story as well as the technique and the challenges that they had to overcome to create that. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's the most beautifully animated movie um, that's been done. And I love the soundtrack and the voice. Like it's just it's just got the whole the whole package for okay. me. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to go old school with uh, Disney's Robin Hood um, with the foxes. Mm -hmm. Grew up watching that. Um, My dad actually bought us a second VHS tape because he thought that we would literally run out the tape because we had watched it so many times. Um, And I love the music and and Robin Hood is just a story that I've always loved in general. And yeah. I love that. Do, 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 do. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Puts me in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're both teaching master classes at SCAD. So educator to educator, what lessons do you hope you impart to our SCAD students? Uh, perseverance is what I try to like, hopefully hammer into their heads uh, because you're going to fail. You're going to not get the job. It's always going to happen. Uh, and you just have to keep with it. Like it, it's so important to realize that like everything's not going to go your way and it's, you just, you just try again and, and you try to learn from why you didn't get it. So that's what I was telling them. It was, it's a perfectly acceptable, uh, response to like, Hey, we're going to go a different direction to Mm -hmm. reply with, okay, could you, you know, I want to improve myself. Could you just kind of give me a Mm -hmm. tip or something? Like, even if it's from the HR person who's like contacting you, because mm-hmm. we'll sometimes get those questions back as people who are, you know, doing the hiring are like, yes. hey, so-and-so had this. And you're like, mm-hmm. what, what would you tell them? What could they have done better? Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Or and differently, then, yeah. And then, yeah, and then you kind of improve that. You try again. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, you, you get hit. I mean, some of this is luck. It's not, I, I mean, <laughs> skill is amazing and you have to have skill or you can't stay in the role. Yes. But there is a fair amount of like, you know, just kind of that alignment that happens and it's like right place, right time. This just happened to work out. Oh, look, like right now we're in booming in an animation industry. Great time to be graduating. Like (laughs) in terms of, you know, school where, you know, maybe, you know, if there's a cycle, you know, sometimes it's not so and you just Mm -hmm. gotta, gotta stay with it. Yeah. I would definitely uh, say the same thing because you know, um, I auditioned probably 250 times before I, I booked a, uh, a gig off of an audition. How'd you dust yourself off, pick yourself up and start all over again you know, I every had, time? I had enough people tell me, just keep doing it. Keep just doing don't, it. you know, don't stop. Don't let your, um, your quality dip. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep doing your best. Cause the thing is, is eventually if you do have the talent, the opportunity will meet you at the right time with that mm-hmm. little bit of luck and you'll get the job. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, yeah, with learning from your mistakes, I mean, if you don't make mistakes, you won't learn anything. If you win all the time, you're never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. So watching what, if you do get, get a job, watching it afterwards, looking and, and respecting the jobs that other people do and what, what it takes to put everything together, learn everything, you know, learn as much as you can, always be trying to be a sponge and soak everything up and, um, yeah, be, be on time. I think 
that's you good. time. That's that's love important. That's important. <laughs> I love people who show up at meetings, like punctually. Like, it's, but I, I mean, well, as everybody's an actor, time always, is valuable. Exactly. As an actor, I'm always like, dude, just know your lines and show up on time. That's ninety percent of the job. Ninety percent of the. Oh, good to know. The interesting about the be the sponge thing too is recognize that you might not always agree with the person that you're. You can get nuggets of wisdom from. Exactly. Like, you might not, you know, there's always there's always something to mine from almost every person mm -hmm. that you encounter. Like mm -hmm. there's some worth or something that you can get out of that, mm -hmm. even if you know you don't like working with them or you don't like their philosophy or you don't agree with the way they do this this way or that way. Uh, pay attention because mm -hmm. there's always yeah, mm, there's always something there. Thank you, Jason and Lucas. That was wonderful. Thank, yeah. you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. <laughs> And if we'd had a band, we would have asked you to sing. Oh. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed hearing from Lucas and Jason and learned something new about your favorite animated films and series. The holidays are always the ideal time to rewatch or see for the first time animated classics that have wowed and inspired audiences for generations. You can see Jason's work on DreamWorks' latest animated feature, Abominable, now available on DVD. Lucas will be guest starring in the High School Musical reboot on Disney Plus titled High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. He is also featured on the soundtrack, which is set for release on January 10th. This has been On Creativity, a series of SCADcast SCADcast is executive produced by SCAD president and founder Paula Wallace, with original music by SCAD alumnus George Lovett. SCADcast is the official podcast of the Savannah College of Art and Design, with locations in Atlanta and Savannah, Georgia, Lacoste, France, Hong Kong, and online via SCAD eLearning. SCAD is the preeminent source of knowledge in the arts, design, and creative entrepreneurialism. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time.